1: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st.
2: Toyota, let's go places. Beryl. Matthew. It's time. No. It's time we finally made it to the end.
3: Oh my God. DJ, drop that somber-ass map record a song.
2: We have recorded, by my count, two hundred and thirty-five episodes, full episodes of Unhappy Hour. That's not even including trailers. My God! We have amassed an audience of over one hundred listeners. Okay, to be a little bit more exact, we have like over nine million listens. And the time has come to record our two hundred and thirty-sixth and final episode. What a beautiful number! And I think we should do the intro together. Really? Are you ready?
3: I'm ready. Welcome, Welcome to Unhappy, Unhappy Hour, the, the show where, where we bitch, bitch about
2: all the things we love to hate every single week. We're your hosts, Matt, Matt Belliside <laughs> and Barry, Barry Finkel. Finkel. Well, more accurately, the show where we bitched about all the things that we loved to hate every single week for 235 episodes. All right, I'm here in the studio recording right across from my co-host producer... Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. All right. We made it to the very last episode of Unhappy Hour on today's very special series finale episode. We're going to kick things off, as always, with some ranting, because that's what the show has always been about. Since always. the very beginning. And then it's time. For our sixth annual and final Grumpy Awards. Okay, we're going to look back on some of our favorite worst moments in Unhappy Hour history. Oh, and there are so many to choose from. There are so many. Six years of embarrassment, of joy, of complaining. We have so much to go over. And finally, of course, we'll get into all the good stuff that helps the bad shit go down easy with our final chasers. Are you ready? I think so. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's end the show. Ah! (laughs) It's gripe time here on Unhappy Hour, as always. What is your last gripe? I think it should be a gripe about... Unhappy hour of the podcast.
3: Right, because like this is the highest stakes gripes. You know, I can't come in here talking about camel toe shoes right now. No. But I can come in here bitching about the fact that after proselytizing over this brand proselytizing proselytizing over this brand Uh for years uh, going to the place multiple times talking about on the pod receiving dms from people who have found it who have gone out of their way to find this specific brand that we love so much in grocery stores across america after receiving dms from the brand themselves not once has McConnell's ever offered <laughs> to sponsor this goddamn show? Not what? Not once have they sent us free ice cream. Influencers, I would call us. We even. are ice cream influencers. We are McConnell's influencers, whether or not they like it. Okay. Yeah. And apparently they don't. (laughs) They've never sponsored
2: us. (laughs) Look, we have very rarely on this podcast asked for anything for free. I would almost go so far as to say never have we gotten anything explicitly because we asked for it for free. No, yeah, no, never. Yeah.
3: And we have explicitly asked for McConnell's multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: And that really goes to show the power that Unhappy Hour has (laughs) with brands because, um, yeah, McConnell's never sent us ice cream. To be fair, I suppose they are like a luxury ice cream. Well.
3: You know, we can be luxurious.
2: I'm not saying we're not luxurious. I'm just saying they have a high bar for who they send ice cream to, I guess. Well, we don't know. I don't even know who
3: they send ice cream to. You know, but I know it's not us and I think it's bullshit.
2: Everybody just needs to channel all of their dismay over on Happy Hour Ending by writing some very strongly worded letters to McConnell's. (laughs) I'm not saying threaten them because I can't. Do not. But I am saying that they should give us ice cream. They should. Because I've already spent thousands of dollars on them anyway. At least. Because one pint of that shit costs about $14. Eh, So many. Yeah, that is a great regret and one that I have too.
3: Yeah. What about you? What's your big last gripe of the series.
2: Well, everyone could probably guess what my gripe is (laughs) as we come to the last episode of Unhappy Hour. The one thing that I wish we could have done that we did not do in 230, now six episodes is... Not for
3: lack of trying, okay? Not for a lack of trying.
2: There is a certain guest complainer, Uh a certain former boy band member (laughs) who I have spent a good chunk of my life evangelizing for I would say who has not been a guest on this podcast and yeah it's not for lack of trying we should play a clip from the trailer of Unhappy Hour that we released to tease this podcast coming out back in 2017 2017 let's play it we got people like Aparna Nanchurla Heaven and Tracy from Another Round Brian Safi and Aaron Gibson from Throwing Shade and even one day who knows who knows? We might even get the big fish himself, Mr. Harry Styles. We'll talk about everything. Mostly, why he won't love me back. <laughs> Oh, my God. I did not expect to cringe as much as I'm feeling right now listening to that. A, because of what I sound like. You sound like a baby. Like I'm scared of the microphone, and I probably was. Um, but, yeah, we really set out with the intention of one day having Harry Styles We really a did guest on this podcast. And even before the podcast started, I tweeted at Harry Styles saying petition for Harry Styles to be a guest on my podcast that doesn't exist yet. And he responded and said, petition for Matt Belisai to be on my podcast that doesn't exist yet. And we had this great back and forth Mm -hmm. where I said, oh, my God, this is happening so fast. I haven't even picked out a podcast dress yet. And he said, you can borrow mine. (laughs) Then I said, thank God. We'll have it taken in because I'm much slimmer than you. (laughs) My (laughs) people will call your people. Well, guess what? They did.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Many times, in fact.
2: (laughs) I'm not going to lie. We did try to get Harry as our final guest complainer on this year episode. And um, unfortunately, I feel like I'm setting this up to be like, surprise, he's coming out. Uh, No, he's not. Not not. yet. Not (laughs) yet, at least.
3: Listen, Harry, if you want to come on, we will make that happen.
2: We'll put out an episode. It's fine. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, Unhappy Hour's feed will remain live. We'll keep it open. And of course, we may do special episodes anyway. Hot Guy March Madness. Yeah. If Harry Styles ever wants to be a guest on this podcast, there is an open invitation, and it will happen at some point. We will do it. But, yeah, I think he wanted to do it, but the scheduling didn't work out um, because he's in South America on tour right now, (laughs) and we were asking – only, like, a few weeks ago. We didn't give, like, a lot of advance notes. I mean, he's, like, on a world tour <laughs> Right, currently. right, right. And I've seen a lot of videos coming out of his tour, and, like, people are rushing the stage more than once. That sounds scary. So, yeah, there, there's... Take he's care of got yourself, Harry. Right. But, but if you know, want to
3: complain about that experience, you know who to call.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're on watch... I will rush the stage at the next <laughs> show with a microphone <laughs> and do a sit-down interview if I have to. And just know that, yeah, I know he's been beefing up. I know he's got some pretty you know robust man titties now. Mm-hmm. I probably still have at least 50 pounds on him. <laughs> at least. I, <laughs> at least, But I could still take him is what I'm saying. Okay. And I mean that in every way that you mm-hmm. want to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that is my one big complaint is that this never materialized, but I still have hope that of course. we will collaborate in the future yeah at some point okay well now is the time of the show for a rant hotline caller and we have a few special call-ins the first i would say is from our most dedicated listener (laughs) our most faithful listener the person who has probably listened more closely to every single episode of unhappy hour than any other person hands
4: down let's fire it up hey guys This is Leon, otherwise known as Barry's Dad.
5: Hi Dad.
4: It's really disappointing that a happy hour is going off the air. When you get to be to the ripe age of sixty four, you don't like so much change in your life. (laughs) I've already had to give up the cigars and now there goes an hour of my week cracking up, listening to you guys, texting you guys in real time as I'm listening. Yeah. And most importantly, not learning and knowing about everything going on in my daughter's life that I would not otherwise know if I didn't listen to Unhappy Hour. For example, I wouldn't know about her chafing. <laughs> I wouldn't know about her sweating. Oh, chafing? I wouldn't know about her yeah. IUD. <laughs> so now that I think of it. Maybe there are some benefits to you guys yeah, going off the air. I yeah. think so. But seriously, I love the show. I love your chemistry. I love both of you. I love Barry more. Fair. And I know both of you will continue to do great things. Oh. Signing off from your number one fan.
3: Thank you, Dad, Mr. Finkel. That one got me a little
2: teary-eyed. <laughs> Had you heard it before? No. Aww. So special. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. My mom stopped listening a long time ago. <laughs> but <laughs> she used to, but uh you know. she's got other stuff to do, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Um, it's Aww. true. You'll have to know. I, I told uh, your dad that we would have to just record a special, like, voice memo. Yeah, every and week. Just send it to him every week.
3: Yeah, yeah. Maybe a FaceTime every week
2: with Leon. Right. Which mm-hmm. is incredibly personal details about yeah. birth control. <laughs> <laughs> everything from- Hormone, Sex shaving.
3: lives, you know, right, all of that. Right, yeah. He'll
2: know everything.
3: That sounds so good. <laughs> Um, Oh, I think we have another rant. We do. This one's from a very special guest complainer, friend of the pod. Let's hear it.
5: Hi, Matt. Hi, Barry. I just want to say congratulations on such an epic run. I love Unhappy hours so much. (laughs) Um, I listen to it while I'm doing my little chores, one of my little errands. (laughs) And you know I'm picky about my podcast, okay? So for me to say, I listen every week it's not nothing. Love you guys. I'm a little high right now because (laughs) I'm all over the place. Or maybe you can't tell. And I've said too much. Okay. Bye, guys. I do believe
3: she called back.
5: So, hi, Matt. Hi, Barry. I didn't realize. I couldn't remember (laughs) if I left my name. This is Heaven Nagatsu. Big fan. Long-time listener. Occasional time complainer. Yeah. Um, while I have you here, I would like to complain a little about seltzer. Please. It's not that I don't like seltzer, which I don't. <laughs> Even if I did, I'm sick and tired of it being the only drink in every office. Mm, yeah, I realize this is a privileged rant. Oh, okay. You're tired of free beverages at your office. <laughs> it's free water. Um, Let's be real. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sick of it. Every flavor? Do we need every flavor? Yeah,
2: they are making a lot. It's
5: taking up fridge space for other valuable drinks. I would say juice is top of my list, but others may have their contributions. I'm just saying it's too much. And it does taste bad. I don't understand why people like it so much. It's like it's like water but worse. Why would mm, you make water yeah, worse? Water is over- water's already a plastic. <laughs> why would you add bubbles to water? water is good it's like soda (laughs) but sadder (laughs) i don't get it um those are my thoughts on seltzer thank you very much you guys are the best can't wait to hear what you guys do next all right bye-bye this is heaven Thank you, Heaven. Oh I my al-
2: God! Thank you, Heaven. Oh,
3: it was a, just a perfect, perfect rant. Yeah. I also just want to point out um, that the, another issue with having a bunch of seltzer in the office is that then you just have a bunch of burping coworkers.
2: Yeah. It's it's especially problematic when it's a uh, podcast office, yeah. where you have to be on microphone and try not to burp. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like I've been indoctrinated by Seltzer though. Yeah. Like they got me. Yeah, they
3: had Stockholm syndrome for sure.
2: But anyway, I would say all-time classic rant hotline call-in. Absolutely. From Heaven. Thank it proves you. why she is one of the best in the game. And I would say truly full circle because we worked at BuzzFeed together. Mm-hmm. She had an iconic podcast. Another round that I was a guest on a couple times, and they inspired me to want my own podcast. Yeah. And I love Heaven, and I'm so glad that she called in. Thank you, Heaven. And
3: we have one final very special—it's not even a rant hotline because she's here live, and that is our wonderful, wonderful, dear producer, Melissa
6: Slaughter. Melissa. Hi, this is producer Melissa. I just wanted to hop on the mic and first say how— Uh, happy I am to have been working on this show for so long. I learned everything about podcasting from working with Barry and working on Unhappy Hour. Also to echo Leon, really loved learning way too much about my boss. Um, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Thank you for never calling HR. (laughs) This uh, whole podcast is an HR nightmare and it's been absolutely delightful. Our Slack channels are Truly insane, <laughs> but not as insane as some of the voicemails that come in. I have loved listening to each and every voicemail that hits the rant hotline. And in honor of our winos, I had my boyfriend put together a song based on some of y'all's most unhinged voicemails about this podcast <gasps> ending so
2: oh my god
6: ryan for the win <laughs> ryan Major music check it out this is my parting gift matt and barry to you and to the winos please enjoy what the fuck
5: you guys and i say oh hell no <laughs> what the fuck you guys this one say fuck oh. you what the fuck you guys oh my God. hey truly ladies
4: My body had a visceral
7: reaction. (laughs) I saw that you guys are no longer doing on happy hour. How dare you take away the one source of joy in my life? Fill the void in my heart. This is Eleanor from Minneapolis. I got broken up with on Sunday, and then you stupid bitches decided to
0: cancel your podcast. So, fuck you. (laughs) And. I'll give a bad,
2: bad
0: life post am happy hour. Eleanor. Bye. <laughs> what the fuck, you guys? I love you
7: guys. Thanks for letting me land. What the fuck, you guys? I see an actual
3: therapist. What the fuck, you guys? <laughs> oh, fuck, you both? But I love you both. <laughs> what
7: the
3: fuck, you guys?
7: Love you
3: guys. Okay, bye. Wow, well, again, I am absolutely moved <laughs> to my core.
2: That was beautiful. Uh, I wanted it to go on forever.
3: Truly. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for all the work you've done on the show. Thank you, Ryan, for all the musical little uh, ditties you've given us. And I'm really sorry that I just used the term ditties.
2: Um, Oh, my God. Thank you for everybody who called in. And thank you, Ryan. And Melissa has truly been the queen behind the scenes. (laughs) Uh, She has been the producer of this show, for over 100 episodes. By at far, least. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and this show would not be possible without her. She is our, our triplet, our our third triplet. Does our, that make sense? Yeah, sure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you went triplet and not throuple, so, you know. Right. Thank you. She's our third
2: <laughs> in our non-monogamous relationship. <laughs> um, uh, what a beautiful time we've had. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not over yet. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're just getting started with the fun of today. Because now it is time for the Grumpy Awards. What? (sighs) All right, folks. As is tradition here on Unhappy Hour, the last episode of the year is the Grumpy Awards. The annual ceremony where we award the worst of the worst in humanity. Birds. Squirrels. The people of Florida, (laughs) we have honored some true greats in the years that we have done the Grumpy Awards. But today, in honor of our series finale, the sixth annual Grumpy Awards will be recognizing... Ourselves, bitch. Yes. Some of our favorite worst moments in the long and storied history of Unhappy Hour, the podcast. (laughs) Consider this, I would say, our lifetime achievement ceremony. Yeah. This is like the Kennedy Center Honors, basically. Yeah, and
3: I'm wearing a dress with your face on it.
2: No, you're not. I'm not. I mean, I can clearly see that. I would love to do that, though. And the audience for that joke is me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, this is just like the Kennedy Center Honors. If the Kennedy Center Honors were about two stoner podcast hosts (laughs) who have made over 230 hours of audio magic together, just making sweet, sweet podcast love to each other. But never physically. Just putting it in to each other intellectually and comedically. And not physically. Not physically at all. Unfortunately, we did never pull... A Michael Barbaro. (laughs) I don't know if we've ever explicitly said that. I think we've
3: been afraid to, or maybe we have. But um, yes, let the record show. Look it up. I'm still afraid to say it. I don't know why. It's just a fact. He left his husband for his podcast producer woman.
2: <laughs> By icon, I would say. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, before we get into it, it does feel fitting, though, because this is an award ceremony after all. And every award ceremony has unnecessary montage packages or, or packages where they look back and reminisce. Right. I think it's fitting to look back On our very first episode, way back in July 2017. So you and I, I don't know if we've ever truly said the story of how we met. Yeah,
3: let's set the scene. Because a lot of times, even people at Pineapple think that we pitched the show together as friends. But we met (laughs) through you pitching the show.
2: Yeah. I worked with Jenna, who is one of the... Co-founder of Pineapple Street Studios. Exactly. And we... I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I knew I wanted to do it at her company. And so at a hotel bar in Union Square, I came to meet Jenna and Max and you, this podcast producer who hobbled around on crutches like Tiny Tim. (laughs) And I saw you and I thought, who is this limp, worthless, (laughs) yellow-bellied, mouse-faced, mud-haired, pale-skinned, pussy-ass hobbling around like a wimp bitch? (laughs) the fact that we're friends (laughs) after all of
3: that treatment yeah let it be known I I was hobbling around like tiny Tim because I had broken my foot jumping for joy at receiving the job offer to work at Pineapple Street Studios not a joke I I jumped for joy and landed in a ditch
2: In Indiana?
3: No, in Boston.
2: Oh, I see.
3: I was already living in New York at the time, but I was in Boston visiting friends. Did you have a full leg cast? No, no. It was just my foot. So my foot was wrapped up and I was hobbling over on crutches.
2: In my memory, no, it was like fully a stump. And (laughs) (laughs) you were hobbling around that (laughs) Union Square bar. Just a vulnerable little bird. But yeah, I, I would say it would take approximately 234 episodes of recording this podcast for you to change that first impression
5: mm, for me. Wow, um,
2: wow. So... But after months of planning, yes, months of planning went into this podcast initially because, <laughs> uh, yeah, the time that passed between that first meeting and when we actually put out our first episode, at least a year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that makes
3: sense considering your general work
2: ethic. Well, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly, I think I had a better work ethic back then than I do now. Truly shocking. <laughs> But it is because we recorded a lot before we put out the first episode and did a lot of test recordings. Yeah, we were developing. Yeah.
3: And then we came to the most beautiful version.
2: Yeah, of our very first episode. And I think we should listen to just the introduction of our very first episode, just so I can cringe one last time. Let's hold our breath and hit play. Hey everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I am your host, Extraordinaire. Oh (laughs) my god, stop, stop, pause By the way, Unhappy. Yeah, I it does sound like my balls didn't drop yet. (laughs) Like I somehow went through puberty over the course of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Five years ago. Just a five year long puberty for sure. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe how much different I sound. Yeah. We were babies back then. It's true. I think it's the beard. Now I have a beard and it makes me sound different. Yeah. I've been acting up. Mm -hmm. You know what they say? Mm -hmm. Um, But truly, what a way that we've come. 235 episodes later, we sound a whole lot better. I hope so. But still, we have a lot, a lot of favorite worst of the worst moments to look back on and award ourselves with. So let's do it. Let's kick this off. Let's start handing out some grumpy awards. All right, first, we got the most iconic moment featuring a supporting guest complainer. We had so many amazing guest complainers over the course of the last six years. People
3: who went on to become Emmy
2: Award winners. Yeah. People who are just extremely hot. Yeah, we've had Tony-nominated guests from Broadway. We have had a number of Emmy Award-winning guests. Several RuPaul Drag Race winners. I would say some of the guests that I truly cannot believe that we actually had, Padma for one.
3: Yeah, how cannot how <laughs> her beauty graced our podcast is beyond me. That one I think we can thank COVID for
2: because yeah. there's no way that she would have done the show <laughs> if it had not been for a global pandemic. Though she does love comedy. She does love comedy. That's right. She does do a lot of of, of comedy stuff. We had Snooki. I don't know if you <laughs> recall that. Um was that in LA? No, that was here. No, we that was here. The...
3: Yeah, we were we like went somewhere in Manhattan with Snooki.
2: Yeah. Trixie Mattel, we went to Trixie's hotel room uh, in Manhattan. It was a very small hotel room Mm -hmm. um, that she eventually moved out of that night because she (laughs) did not like how small it was. But that was a pretty unusual one. Yeah, Um, Christy Carlson Romano. (laughs) Oh, my God. We went to Christy Carlson Romano's house. We, like, held her dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I forgot we took a picture outside of her house where I... uh, (laughs) Where she was like holding her baby and I was standing next to her and all of the comments were like, is that your wife? Did you have a baby with this woman, Christy Carlson Romano? (laughs) This was also pre-Christy Carlson Romano becoming a kind of like YouTube celebrity Yeah, with some of the craziest clickbait headlines I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Respect. She is doing the best, okay? She has her own podcast now that I think just went viral this week because um, she was interviewing someone from High School Musical. Amazing. Who was bitching about Disney. Who was Mm. like, she was going in on Disney. The big D. Anyway, absolutely loved her. Ava Ryan remains one of my favorites. Ava. I love her so much. Everyone may know her as the Vine star turned YouTube star, all around internet extraordinaire. She's the girl who I love most for I Smell Like Beef. Of course. Which is often my warm up. Right, your vocal warm-up. Yeah, that's what I say repeatedly. Uh, We had her as a guest, and I think back on it um, (laughs) in a very cringy way because I just treated her like an adult guest. (laughs) She is fully a child. And it became pretty clear pretty quickly that, oh, right, um, she's bored almost immediately (laughs) because I'm asking her questions, and we're sitting in, like, a studio with absolutely no, like, stimulus for a child. (laughs) She still did great. I loved her and her parents were very nice. Yeah. And, yeah. and now she's probably like a full adult. She is. She is. But they're still, yeah, she's still at it. She's still contenting it up. And right. our paths will cross again someday. Mm-hmm. Together, we will kidnap Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Ava and I. Um I would say hottest guest mm-hmm. Henry Golding by far still can't believe can't he can't believe did that either. another
3: thank you covid you know for right for bringing everyone's bar down
2: I I think he can't believe he did it either because <laughs> I think
3: he had a great time
2: though <laughs> he did have a good time I think he he didn't expect to have a good time yeah but it was part of a press junket and I remember him explicitly saying like most people only get five minutes <laughs> and I'm, I've been here for a half hour. <laughs> but he was a good guest complainer we love but of course i think everybody knows what the most iconic guest complainer moment of unhappy hour history is and that is miss joe firestone this is from the very first joe firestone appearance we were just talking about this because so many places in new york have like the sandwich that gets named after the person who visits wherever. You what? Know, what are you talking about? There's like what are you sandwiches. Talking about? There's like famous you sandwiches. You just made up that phenomenon.
0: I never even heard of that before. If you had Places if, all over New York?
2: All over. You
0: can't make this stuff up and just tell me that.
2: It's true. It's when, true now. When
0: did that happen? Where? One place. Tell me. I don't know. Some place. Barry just went. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I'm trying to. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Uh, any of it. The Reuben. The Reuben, the Reuben
0: <laughs> is not after a person.
2: Reuben Stutter had, had a sandwich. Oh
0: my gosh.
2: If you, if there was a joke firestone sandwich there what would it be Oh
0: my friend got a sandwich named after him Oh my god Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> So you know what I'm oh, talking about I don't about. know what you're talking about My friend Julio <laughs> got a sandwich named after him
2: Julio Torres Julio Torres What is the Julio? I oh, it still makes still me funny. laugh still it still funny. makes me laugh Just that moment when I <laughs> realized that she knew what I was talking about the entire time <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her so much. I still like. I still don't know if she was just pranking me. And we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> I love her so much. Um, and yeah, I love. I love the phenomenon of having a sandwich named after you. Yeah, it still makes me think. What What would the unhappy hour sandwich look like?
3: Mayonnaise, a lot of mayonnaise, of course. Ranch as well. Uh, mayonnaise and ranch. <laughs> yeah.
2: Arugula. Ar- whoa.
3: Arugula would be on the sandwich, or specifically, no arugula.
2: It's hard to put the absence of arugula on a sandwich. <laughs> I
3: think that was be that's an ingredient. The absence of arugula.
2: <laughs> Every lettuce but arugula. Yes, just despite her mm-hmm. goat meat, in honor of Fred the goat. Of course, not that we want to kill Fred. Of course not. <laughs> broccoli casserole. Hmm. Debbie is broccoli casserole. Yeah. Or lasagna. <laughs> Is there a lasagna sandwich? There should be. There should
3: be. Lasagna could just be a sandwich if you pick it up with your hands.
2: Right. And I will. Deep fried lasagna. Ooh. Um,
3: Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a perfect sandwich.
2: So let's, it's mayonnaise, Uh ranch, the absence of arugula, (laughs) goat meat. Uh (laughs) It has to have some type of bird meat on it. Oh, right. Maybe Kevin the turkey. Yeah. Kevin the turkey meat and broccoli casserole. Yeah. And bread, the bread is lasagna. lasagna. (laughs) Wow. The Unhappy Hour sandwich coming soon to a sandwich shop near you if we can get someone to make it. All right. Next, the most iconic but also cringy attempt at an accent award. (laughs) You really, you're so worldly. That's what
3: we've learned from this podcast. Yeah. You're well-traveled.
2: Worst news... Worst Things First has brought us all around the world mm-hmm. and every time because I'm so committed to you winos as our devoted fans, I attempt to deliver an immersive experience, an immersive audio experience right? by giving you my trained accents. And by trained, I mean... I watch a YouTube video sometimes for like three minutes to try to (laughs) try to learn an accent and then I'll do it. Yes, it may shock you to learn. Sometimes I actually tried to learn it beforehand (laughs) and practice it. Yeah, let's hear some of them. Welcome to Unhappy Hour. I'll iron your shirt. I'll take but, good care of you. <laughs> through on-site observations, Boston's Logan International Airport. No, nope. no, not at all. <laughs> Every time I try a Boston accent, I just end up sounding like a Kennedy. A Kennedy, yeah. Which, like,
3: to be fair, you know, it's Massachusetts, but <laughs> Boston's you gotta, Logan uh, uh, International. You gotta pack your case. Boston's Logan International Airport. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Put another line. That's how the queen talks.
3: What did you just say?
2: Put another line on the law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had nothing to lose no, okay. and everything to gain. All right. So I married my cat.
3: Wow. They really lost it there. You don't know how to say cat.
2: Cat. Cat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know how to say cat. 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 I feel like you just have to make it like four syllables. Right. Cat. But even with all of these, there's... There's, There's a clear One winner,
2: winner. And it is from this year, and I still laugh whenever I think about it. The winner, of course, is this. What dog is Italian?
3: Italian Greyhound is all I can imagine. And the idea of a bunch of like tiny Italian greyhounds running around an airport being like, I cocaine in here. Uh, uh
2: is hilarious to me. <laughs> is that the sound an Italian it's dog? Just, makes?
3: All, all of those I just imagine. They are talking to Lushiny Boys. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? Those How do you tiny think dogs? an Italian
2: dog barks? A roof. <laughs> <That's so stupid. laughs> a roof. stupid. <laughs> a roof. A roof. A <laughs> roof. Uh, I still think of that randomly at times of the day and laugh at it. Every a time I uh, see
3: it. Every time I see an Italian Greyhound, a will
2: Ah, yes. So that is the clear winner of. I would say least cringeworthy attempt at an accent because that was the best one. Yeah. Um, Wow. What a beautiful compilation, I will say, though.
7: Hey friends, this is Jen Hatmaker, your happy host of the For the Love podcast. You may wonder how I got into this podcasting thing. Well, I'm a speaker and an author who has happened to write a few New York Times bestselling books that really resonated with a pretty large community of women. And I thought, how great would it be to drop into the ears of this growing community every week via the magic of podcasting? So that's what we did. And I'm delighted to say we've been able to spark a bit of delight and uncover some hope and talk with great people about the big and small things that we care about and that affect our lives on the daily. So I'm thrilled to invite you to join me every Wednesday for new episodes of the For the Love podcast, where you'll hear the most incredible conversations with some of the best people on this planet. We're going to bring you moments of connection and laughter and hot takes on the things we care about going on in the world. So listen to and follow For the Love with Jen Hatmaker. A four eyes media production presented by odyssey you can get it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your
2: podcasts all right next most iconic moment featuring the hallucinogenic assistance of cannabis aka best stoned moment
3: and let's just go back and remember that when we started this podcast matt bellis here
2: had never even tasted weed i had never known the devil's leaf no, myself the devil salad um no i was i was but a wee maybe that's what made my voice change so oh. much i it literally could be <laughs> because i started vaping <laughs> My lungs are getting slowly destroyed. I'm trying to stop vaping just because you know it's terrible. The jewel commercials are working on me, even though I've never touched a jewel in my life, (laughs) and I only actually smoke weed from a vape like occasionally. Uh Even though I literally just discovered, I forgot you have it in your pocket. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't even plan on that. (laughs) I just went down, I touched it like Harry in that in that movie. Where he reaches down and the philosopher's stone is in his pocket. That's wow. like me with the weed pen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we we caught the very first moment I ever realized I was high was on this podcast. <laughs> A microphone was there to capture the moment. And that I think remains one of the best, not only stoned moments, but unhappy hour moments. Hands down. We decided
3: what better place to get you stoned for the first time than at Harry Potter World at Universal Studios in California.
2: Yeah. And so I took an edible before we went there, mind you, at like nine in the morning. (laughs) Should we just hit it right away? Let's play it. I'm starting to actually feel high because I was texting on my phone and midway through I realized I was texting someone I knew, but on someone else's phone. (laughs) And the fucked up thing is it <laughs> <laughs> it is my phone. <laughs> In case anyone's counting, yes, this is a solid 22 seconds of uninterrupted high giggling. <laughs> Oh, Universal Studios. I will remember that day for so many reasons. (laughs) Not just as the day I got high for the first time, as the day that I went on that Ride of the Hippogriff, which was terrifying. (laughs) It's literally for children. (laughs) Two, as the moment where two, um, I remember two guys came up to us and were like, oh my God, Matt, I love your stuff. And they were like younger. I don't even, I think they were like teenagers. No. They were they were younger though. Sure. And they were like, "Oh my god, I love your stuff." And I was like, "Thank you. I'm fucked up right now." <laughs> <laughs> I had like a tall boy in one hand. It was just like red-faced and red-eyed. <laughs> um But to clarify, in case you forgot, what was going through my head, because I think about this a lot, is that I was texting on my phone, right? but the person was showing up with green bubbles Uh and I was on an iPhone and I was like, wait, this must be, their number must not be in this phone. Uh Because in my high brain, I was like, that's why it's green is because their number isn't in the phone. Right? And then I was like, oh, but I know this person. So this must, I must be, this is someone else's phone that I'm on. (laughs) And then it hit me, no, this is, I'm on my phone. Yeah. And that realization really took me out. (laughs) As we've heard. (laughs) Because that, yeah, all of those thoughts went through my head while I was on my own phone Uh waiting for you to come out of the bathroom at Universal Studios. Yeah,
3: where you could hear moaning Myrtle bitch at you while you're (laughs) peeing. (sighs) <sighs> but that's well, not the only stone moment we've had. We have we have two others I, I want to highlight here.
2: Yeah. Well, after I got indoctrinated yeah. into <laughs> the lifestyle that you imposed upon me, which <laughs> my mom still blames you for, by the way. It's fine. I'll take though that though she responsibility. Smoked, she doesn't smoke, but she, yeah, it's legal in Illinois now. Yeah. And so she'll get, um, she does gummies. Sure. But obviously I became well acquainted with weed and we did our first ever stoned deep dive and uh, came out with one of the best lines, I think ever in unhappy hour history. Let's hit it. Uh, One more puff for the ladies in the back. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Is that a quote? <laughs>
3: yes. One more puff for the ladies in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the <best> <laughs>
2: I remember uh, yeah, we were getting ready to record finally after getting high, and I was like, I better take one more hit of yeah, the pen. One more for, puff. For some reason, the line that came to my head was one more puff for the ladies in the back. <laughs> and I think uh, about that, yeah. Every beautiful. time it's beautiful. It's uh, beautiful. I really did love all of our stoned moments. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, more stone content should be coming out. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. All right, next. Next, really, really, is appropriate because this next category is the most iconic unhappy hour catchphrase, of which there are so many. Truly. I think next was always one of them. Although next came from Wine About It back in back in the Wine About It days. Yeah, but it really I think reached its peak mm-hmm. on Unhappy Hour. Yeah, I remember the first time I was a guest on Lost Culturistas and Bowen. I think it was Bowen or Matt who said... <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> One of the hosts of the show. I did what they called the Matt Belisai growl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never even thought about it like that. It's just like something my voice does. Yeah. And that I'm sure is destroying my esophagus slowly. But oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the Matt Belisai growl has truly aged like fine wine, if mm-hmm. I can say so, of myself. Frankly, because this podcast, I would say, is just such a piece of culture at large. (laughs) There are, I think there are too many catchphrases to choose from. Let's hear a true compilation of some of the greats. Shiro, Shiro. Next. This has been Science with Matt. I'll tell you that. Shut up, Barry. Only in Florida. All right. Next, we got the hottest ever hot guy award for excellence in hotness Mm. slash turning me on. So, of course, we have done five hot guy March Madnesses.
3: Truly our legacy. Truly our legacy. Yeah. Like, we've created something for the. If anything, this is what we created for the culture.
2: Exactly. Hot guy March Madness. We were doing hot guy March Madness before doing random March Madnesses became a thing. Yeah. 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 I will say that. We contributed to the culture. Yeah. And we produced a hot guy every single year as the champion of Hot Guy March Madness. Five winners we had. And I feel like on this series finale, we need to pick the hottest hot guy. So we have our five champions Mm -hmm. from the past five years of Hot Guy March Madnesses. That is Joe Yellow. Remember him from True Blood. He was our 2018 champion. Right. Jason Momoa Mm -hmm. was our 2019 champ. Harry Styles was our 2020 champ, COVID king. Michael B. Jordan was our 2021 champ. And Jonathan Bailey was this year's 2022 champ. Mm -hmm. Uh, So instead of doing a full bracket, I think the overarching question that we should ask to determine who wins the all-time hottest guy award for hot guy excellence and hotness is who... Would be the best guest complainer right. on this year' podcast. Who would have the most fun? Who would really give it to me in every single way? I think there's one clear winner. There's one clear winner, and we have done our groveling. Arab Harry thumbs. Styles. Yeah, obviously. Harry Edward Styles, born February 1st, 1994. Cheshire, England. I don't actually know. <laughs> What I do believe is beautiful is that my entire relationship with Harry Styles was documented in some form or another on Unhappy Hour. Yeah. The very first time that I met him at Radio City, we got that. We did a whole episode about that. (laughs) (laughs) Unhappily Ever After. (laughs) Yeah. We called it Unhappily Ever After and I wrote some type of like fairy tale. (laughs) You sure did. We've done a lot of interesting, you know, we're experimental here. Yeah. We try things out. We have fun, folks. And um, yeah, I do believe he genuinely out of all of these men would be the most fun to have. Not just because he has a British accent, but because I'm sure he's got a lot to complain about. Yeah. Including how much I harass him. (laughs) Let's see. Next, we got most iconic moment of podcasting in the real world. Because we are audio professionals who don't just stay in a studio. Yeah. We actually went out into the real world to record a number of times, mostly in the early days of Unhappy yeah, Hour. Yeah,
3: yeah, when we when we were youthful and had energy. Yeah,
2: when we were ambitious and thought, hey, we can make some cool stuff out in the world. Yeah. We went on a pizza crawl we around w- New York. We went on an ice cream crawl around New York. That's right. I remember trying some weird ice cream.
3: Yeah. Um, we, we went to Universal, as we already have played.
2: Yeah. And then we did an entire LA episode, mm-hmm. and that is the winner, I think, because yeah. we went to an escape room and recorded the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know if everybody remembers this. I certainly do. Let's hear a clip. We spent approximately seventeen hours trying to escape, got nowhere. The woman who That's ran it. It's not true. It, we
3: didn't get nowhere. We got into the next room <laughs> after
2: the correct combination has been endured, Push the silver shackle into the body of the lock. Okay, I'm sorry I yelled. (laughs) Oh, Oh,
3: Jesus, I thought we escaped. We just opened the door to another room. This is what I asked.
2: We didn't escape.
3: We didn't escape.
2: And the woman did help us out a tremendous amount. So
3: much. So much more than I think you normally are helped.
2: But she did have this to say about our endeavors
0: if it makes you feel any better you got a lot further than any three group person that's ever tried the smallest group that has ever escaped
2: here is four but three of them were designers for our other room uh, so wow. does it
3: really count probably yeah. not
2: <laughs> so good for us
3: good for us good job kathy Two.
2: and fuck escape rooms
3: no i forgot
2: that was kathy Two. yeah kathy too came with us yeah um uh, what a what a weird thing that we did! I do remember we showed up to the escape room. We would planned that beforehand. Yeah, like, we sent a message to them. They they welcomed us. Uh huh. They we set it all up, and we showed up there that day. And, and they got the date wrong, so they were like, <laughs> "We're not open right now." <laughs> and the woman who ran it was very nice and was like yeah i'm i'm not doing anything i'll i'll let you guys do it and she helped us out a whole bunch uh (laughs) but just what a moment really felt like an a for effort kind of situation yeah that was the last time i've ever set foot in an escape room and i hope it stays that way i kind of that's i'd go back that's what's dark about me i would say is that i would fuck with an escape room and in one So those were some great moments. Let's see. What else? Most iconic moment featuring the supporting work of alcohol, aka drunkest ever moments. Oh god. of unhappy hour history. Not moments I'm proud of, but moments that are recorded. <laughs> shockingly, maybe not shockingly, um because I weigh five times as much as you. That's I would That's not true. <laughs> of these, I would say the two drunkest moments were one, Dylan Sprouse's Mead. Oh
3: my god. It got us more fucked than I've ever been. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like alcohol poisoning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm pretty sure I was uh, poisoned. Although this was not explicitly an unhappy hour moment because it started as I was invited to the premiere party for um, Miracle Workers: The Dark Ages with Daniel Radcliffe and Dylan Sprouse was there. Yeah, because he his mead was sponsoring it. Right. And I was famously obsessed with the Sprouses. Yeah, and I remember like Dylan Sprouse and I kept making like eye contact across Uh the room was like what is happening (laughs) Um, and then it turns out that the people that he works with Summer. Summer, who um, works with his mead company, he was a big fan of Unhappy Hour. Told him about it. We talked that night, but that mead fucked us <laughs>
3: so bad. <laughs> to be fair, I mean it was good, but yeah. I got fucked up so bad. <laughs> we
2: did like drink too much of it. And Absolutely. As always at those types of events, there's like never enough food. And yeah. I mean, there was a lot of food. There was. I a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> there was like full donuts. It was like, <laughs> oh, and like just slabs of meat and stuff. There yeah, was, like, yeah. There of- was a lot of food. <laughs> But like you know, but also we, a lot of mead. We like closed that place down. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you did the split.
3: We we'll we'll re re uh. We'll post some of the pics again. There are some iconic photos from that night.
2: Uh, (laughs) Truly some iconic moments. But ultimately what it led to is that Dylan Sprouse agreed to come on to Unhappy Hour. And we had a a great time with Dylan.
3: And we almost went to karaoke. And then the fucking pandemic happened. Oh, that's right. We like had plans to all go to karaoke
2: together. And then COVID hit. Wow. Summer, Dylan, if you're listening. Please. um, The offer still stands. Let's make it happen. And then the other real iconic drunk moment that I don't, we don't have this on microphone, but of course it was our first official live show on the road. Right. And that was in Philadelphia. Two and a half hours long. We were on stage for so long. What a ridiculous show that was. And I loved every moment of it. Mm -hmm. The problem was, not only am I better at taking my alcohol than you, uh, I also uh, am used to, because I'm a trained Comedian. Yeah. Trained professional. Yep. I'm used to being on stage for an extended period of time mm-hmm. without pissing my pants. Yeah. I,
3: however, have a, an undiagnosed bladder problem. <laughs> 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 and I, by the end of the show, kept on mic, but we can't really hear it, saying, I have to pee. Matt, I have to pee so bad <laughs> 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 while you were talking. And eventually just kind of pissed myself a little bit. Um, Yeah. And um, those are probably our drunkest, my drunkest moments uh, related to the show and in life.
2: Yeah, I do recall at that show also after two hours, two plus hours of being on stage, in which you wore a Benjamin Franklin wig. Yeah, drank a considerable amount of whiskey. I'm mm-hmm. sure a whole bottle. Um, decided to. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I decided to end that show <laughs> by singing, and I am telling you. <laughs> which after two hours of um, talking and drinking... Did not sound good. It sure did not. Um, I and, believe we censored it from the podcast. <laughs> and we will continue to. Um, but we do have a lot of other musical moments. Right. Musical moments. Shockingly, were a big part of this show, at least yeah. once again in our early days. Not even. No. no well, special
3: thank you to Hans Dale Sue, who made our music that we used for the entire five years. I still... Our theme song, I love it so much. Yeah. We got a lot of good, good music on
2: this show. So many... So many big musical, so many great musical moments, including the burp song. Uh.
3: Oh, every single sound was created from a burp.
2: Yeah, once again, um, created. Out of all of my burps,
3: thank you, Ryan. Yeah, Melissa's thank you, wonderful again. Boyfriend.
2: We had a beautiful musical memorial for Freya, the walrus, right. who was tragically killed in Norway. Was it one Probably. of those countries? A moment of silence for our plus-size queen. One moment that I forgot about, honestly, until I was thinking back on it, was from our first live show in New York. That was in celebration of my book coming out. Yeah. We did like a joint thing. Everything
3: is awful, still available wherever you find your books. Yeah.
2: there. If, if you want to hear my voice even, there is an audiobook of it. I read that whole thing from front to back. Yeah. So you can you can hear that and replay it over and over. But in honor of my book, I, I wrote a song in air quotes that was the music of everything is awesome, mm-hmm. but I changed it. Comedy Genius to Everything is Awful. We could play a clip of that. You're not going to like it. No, I'm not. <laughs> everything is awful. Everything is cold and fucked up and bleak. We also ended every...
3: Pretty I don't, much every... It started sometime in a later season, but
2: fairly early on. Yeah, I don't know at what point I, I really started this. No. But at the end of every episode, um, when I say bye bye I end... If if you've never actually listened to the end of every Unhappy Hour episode, I start breaking in the song during every one. The fact that we haven't gotten sued by any of the places, I think it's because they're unrecognizable. <laughs> But there was one idea that we had um, yeah. for me to sing the high note from Wicked repeatedly and that we would put it together in a montage uh-huh. and then Barry just never did it. <laughs> I didn't. But here's the unedited version. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just hear the unedited clip. I
3: feel like now I'm supposed to do it, but I can't. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Wait, do you want to do a bunch of them and then we'll layer them <laughs>
2: uh, uh. Okay, they're all gonna sound exactly (laughs) the same. I know, but then we could layer them. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh. (laughs) But I would say the top musical moment is from the musical episode that we did where I wrote a number of original songs. Okay, Sondheim. (laughs) Including this classic, Hemorrhoids hemorrhoids it must be hemorrhoids oh fuck it's hemorrhoids I got more hemorrhoids <laughs> no <laughs> tiny head <laughs> no <laughs> I can't listen okay, to- <laughs> he took his headphones off
3: <laughs> I love it so much hemorrhoids <laughs> it
2: must be hemorrhoids wow off. We had fun, even if we uh, can't listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, we saved the best for last because our devoted winos, you all know that more than complaining, more than guest interviews, more than our weekly rants, more than the news, unhappy hour fundamentally. Is a show about animals. Of course. We have featured so many animals. So many through the years. Free of the walrus. That rat that came out of my sink. Yeah, icon. My mom (laughs) still talks about it. My mom called me this week (laughs) to be like, I have a tip for Barry. That I read. What? She read a tip about, like, you put peppermint extract in water and shake it, and that's supposed to be, like, a rat repellent. Absolutely not. So you stuck in her mind as the rat girl. (laughs) And (laughs) and the dolphin laugh girl. the dolphin laugh girl. Hey, if I can be remembered for two
3: things, I hope it's those. Um, The monkeys that all escaped from the CDC truck.
2: Oh, right. The CDC monkey truck. Every
3: reptile in Florida has been discussed on this show. The pythons, the frozen iguanas.
2: Yeah. Every time an alligator was found in a toilet... We were there. Oh, yeah. The man who tried crossing the border with a bunch of snakes in his pants. Mm -hmm. Truly some iconic animal. We probably spent more time talking about animals than any other topic. Yeah. And for that, we owe animals a tremendous debt. Thank you, animals. But one animal has consistently stood out for their contributions to the culture, to the cause, to Unhappy Hour, of the podcast. And that animal, of course, is Fred the Goat. Fred the Goat. So, in honor of Fred, we are memorializing his service by creating the Frederick Tubman The Goat Award for lifetime achievement in animal excellence. And the first recipient, of course, is none other than Fred himself. Let's go back to the first time that Unhappy Hour met Fred the Goat. Locals, though, are blaming another goat. Nicknamed Fred, Fred the Goat, that escaped (laughs) from the same auction more than a year ago and is still uh, he's still on the town. He allegedly showed up at the facility and was headbutting the gate, holding in the corralled animals. Oh, my God. He's liberating them. That was 2018. Mm -hmm. Let's hear about Fred's life. Fred the Goat was born. Frederick Tubman, the Goat. On a small New Jersey farm, the runt in an otherwise long line of strong alpha goat leaders. Okay, Fred's horns, they were small. His belly was sunken. His knees never quite steeled themselves into the solid joints of a stable buck. So Fred wobbled. He wobbled like a simple foal.
3: Just like me when I met you.
2: Yeah, well into adulthood. It was clear from the moment of Fred's birth that he was destined for slaughter. Oh no. And one night in 2017, Fred was brought from his farm to an auction house along with dozens of other livestock to be sold away to a butcher who would see to his grisly end. Just one of many shipped to an inevitable fate. But Frederick, who had spent years existing beneath the attention of his peers, a merely invisible go, a joke, a shadow, a ghost... Fred decided he would take it no longer. No, no. So he slipped away. He escaped. He got out and spent that year in the forests of New Jersey, finally free, free of his fellow goat's judgment. And soon he became a local legend. Fred the Goat was the one who got away, seen like a spirit in the night by the townspeople. But ultimately he was liberated. But his year in the forest was not a year that Fred spent forgetting where he came from. No, no, no. He was not forgetting his roots. He was picked on and ridiculed, sure. But Fred was a goat of his brethren and sisterin and theytherin. <laughs> and Fred returned on the night of August fifteenth, twenty 930 at night, under Is that a accurate? waxing crescent moon. Wow. Yeah, I looked up what the moon cycle was. <laughs> Fred the goat returned to the auction house in Hackettstown, New Jersey, and he sprung his fellow livestock free. Mm. His horns may have been small, his knees may have been wobbly, but he built up enough strength to charge the livestock enclosure, to repeatedly headbutt the gate, and to set dozens and dozens of animals free. Frederick the Goat became an overnight sensation. And as far as this podcast is concerned, Fred did not stop there. No. No. He became a national hero, an international hero. He may have vanished back into the forest, but every time an animal escaped from a zoo, from a backyard, from Florida... From across the globe. Fred the Goat was behind it. Fred was eventually captured in New Jersey, and according to a Patch.com article... Fred, he was returned to his original farm where he would live out his life as a breeding goat. Mm -hmm. The farm was never named in the article, uh, but an employee at the auction house told a reporter at the time that, quote, he's going to be a daddy. (laughs) So Fred lived out his life fucking. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. We wanted to give this award to Fred himself. Literally, literally, we wanted to find Fred the goat. We realized we live in New York, right? Fred was from New Jersey.
3: Just a hip hip scotch away. That's not the phrase. Just what's the phrase? Hip hop and a scotch away.
2: I have no idea. (laughs) I'm skipping and jump away. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So we went on a mission to find the Fred the Goat, the actual Fred the Goat, so that we could interview him live on the air. Yeah. So we sent a message to the Livestock Auction House explaining that, look, we have a comedy podcast. Fred the Goat is not only a hero of ours, but he's become sort of like a mascot for our show. And if they could just tell us, like, the name of the farm that he was sent to— Uh, We promised we would keep it a secret. Oh, yeah. Anonymous sources. Right. Like Fred, we didn't want him harassed by international press. Like, obviously, the way that the original article said it, it was like they're not naming the farm. They didn't want people, like, harassing them. And we were like, we respect that. But could you just tell us? So that we can harass (laughs) him. Like, we deserve to harass him. Right. But we were like, we want to respect his privacy as, like, an international hero goat. (laughs) So we sent them an email. They did not reply to our email. So we called them. Right. Well, I called them. You called them because I don't like talking on the phone.
3: Yeah. So I called them and I explained it. And I was like, is there any way you could give us their name of the farm? And she was just like, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, could you tell us like the area the farm is in? Like we can like scope around for it. And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, well, did you get our email? Do you remember Fred the goat? And she was like, yeah. And I was like. Maybe could we interview you? And she was like, probably not. And then she kind of paused for a minute. And then she was like, I don't think people understand. He's meat now. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she was like, he's meat now.
2: That's right. He's meat now. Yeah. (laughs) Frederick Tubman, the goat, the savior of goats, the Harriet Tubman of goats, icon of unhappy hour history, mascot to us. (laughs) Was slaughtered and is meat. All this time. All this time. (laughs) All this time that we have been honoring Fred, (laughs) that we have been attributing the various animal escapes. Fred the goat has been meat. More accurately, he's been poop, probably. Yeah, probably at this point. He's long digest. He's dirt. He's a tree, maybe.
3: He's a tree. Truly gone but not forgotten.
2: Yeah, I would say that is one possibility. Yeah. One possibility is that Fred was slaughtered and that this stupid livestock employee thinks that he is meat now. I choose to believe that the goat that went to the chopping block as Fred was not actually our Frederick Tubman the Goat. Mm. The real Fred lives on, if not in the real world, as the great goat emancipator, Mm -hmm. then at least he lives on in our hearts.
3: Always and
6: forever.
2: So the recipient of the honorary Frederick Tubman the Goat Award for Lifetime Achievement goes to Frederick Tubman the Goat, a hero.
3: That was beautiful. (laughs) It's truly a better obituary than I'll have when I die.
2: (laughs) What a legacy! R.I.P. Fred. We we what, love you. What a truly dark way. It
3: was shocking. It, I. It was truly shocking <laughs> <laughs> when he is meeting all. Will live with me forever, <laughs> never, and I couldn't keep it to myself. I immediately called Matt, and we had to tell you all. I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah, um, but. You know what? Like I said, I I truly choose to believe that he is out there. He's out there. He is the patron saint Mm -hmm. of this podcast and will continue to be. So, yeah. (laughs) What a way to go. What a way to go. And that is it for our sixth annual Grumpy Awards. All right, Barry, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of Unhappy Hour. But first, got to do our final chasers. It's only now becoming real to me, by the way. <laughs> chasers, the good shit that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Ooh, should we pop our champagne? Let's do it. I'm so scared of this, though.
3: I hate this. What if you pop your eye out or mine? Don't point it.
2: Should I open it the fun way or the safe way? Um, Considering the
3: fact that we're in an enclosed space, I'm going to say the safe way. But. Opa! Opa! You hear that bubbly? Listen to
2: those bubbles. That's the sound of champagne being poured incorrectly. Nuh-uh. It's supposed to bubble. All mm. right. We got our champagne. Were you ready for a toast to unhappy hour? Of course. Is champagne usually a chaser? Probably not. No,
3: but it can be for us. Yeah, we
2: can be fancy. Yeah. Of course. I chase my liquor with champagne. Champagne. Yeah. Well, of course, we have, for the past couple of years, included Do Better White People as part of our chasers. And today, we just want to remind you all that the list of every organization, cause, action, et cetera, that we have mentioned ever in this show is compiled and available at the link in our Instagram bio. So even though you won't have us every single week to uh, tell you about it, you can still check it out. You can support all of the great things we've highlighted these past couple of years. All right, Barry, what is your final chaser?
3: Obviously, my final chaser is our friendship. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is it,
3: Like, it's just, it truly is amazing to me that we met making this podcast. And through that, we have cultivated one of the greatest friendships of my lifetime. Yeah. I love you so much. I love you. This has been so fun. I did not have aspirations to be on Mike Talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... You brought me here every week. You motivated me seeing you write every week, all that you write. You're just the funniest person I know. And it's funny to think that, like, we went from not knowing each other to hosting this podcast together to, like, you're probably going to be the witness at my wedding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is insane. Yeah.
3: Like, you mean so much to me. And obviously, this is not the end of our friendship, but... uh it is the end of a, of an era, and we spend a lot of time together both on and off the pod, and I will truly miss the times, the many hours we spend together on the pod. So thank you for a beautiful five years, and cheers to our future. Uh, cheers.
2: <laughs> wow. Underwhelming.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean— What is your final chaser? What if it's like—
2: no of course my chaser is also you I would say yeah I don't know if people knew that like initially the idea for this show was like I knew I was gonna be on mic yeah you were a producer but we were like I need someone to shout at I can't just be a guy on a microphone shouting for an hour yeah And yeah, I was the laugh track. I was the soundboard. Exactly. So you started as a producer. And now all of these years later, you are truly an equal part of the show. And I love that you are. And... (laughs) what I'm just getting emotional. It's just hard to take this. It's easier for me to take the abuse. <laughs> I do remember a specific moment too of someone on Instagram being like, "Stop being mean to Barry." <laughs> and that was a tipping point, I would say. Yeah. But no, I I'm so glad I met you and I'm excited for everything that we're going to do together because this is obviously not the end.
3: Right, you're going to be the father to my children.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't even discussed the fact that you're going to be the surrogate for.
3: Oh my God.
2: I would be honored.
3: Oh my God.
2: I truly can't imagine a worse um, debt to owe to you than to have you give birth to a child that is mine. Oh my God. Oh, it's beautiful. But yeah, you are obviously my chaser, and I am excited to keep working with you yes. and to keep being friends with you yes. and to keep yelling at you. And Always. Yeah, I think people should know that we have committed to the times that we would otherwise be working on on Happy Hours. We're going to be working on the next project together. Yeah. So This is certainly not the end of us. Also, just want to say, we've hinted at this already, but we hope you stay subscribed to the feed because we're still going to come out with special episodes, perhaps like a hot guy, March Madness once that comes around yeah. and some other special stuff. But the projects that Barry and I do next in the kind of audio space, if, if we want to test stuff out or experiment or launch something, this feed is going to hear about it. So make sure that you stay subscribed. Keep us in your library so that we can let you know when that happens. Yeah. Get a little preview. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that truly this show has been a chaser of mine for the past almost six years that we've done this. Yeah. I think uh, truly I do think at times I've underestimated how much people love this show. Yeah, And so like all of the times that I've done live shows and people come up to me after and they'll say, where's Barry? Or like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm here because of unhappy hour. Or, like, that wasn't funny. Give me my money back. <laughs> Like, truly, I underestimate how lovely everybody has been and how much love the show has gotten. And I'm going to miss our Unhappy Our Family. Yeah, our winos. I'm going to miss how devoted everybody has been. And it does, it feels good to be ending a show on a high and knowing that, like, we made something that people really liked and that we're going to keep making stuff that hopefully people will like, too. So thank you, truly, to everybody who made this show possible because you listened to it and you supported it
3: and one other chaser, a very very important chaser that we we mentioned up top but just again to Melissa and to everyone who has ever worked on this podcast. Thank you so much for working on it. It might sound like it's just me and Matt in here, but there's a lot of people who have been involved in this show.
2: Yeah. I love reading the acknowledgments part. I always read the always. acknowledgments of a book. Yeah. Mostly because now I'm like, do I do know, I know anyone? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I do. <laughs> but even before I worked in like media in New York.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous that we both do that.
2: <laughs> Even before that, I was like, I loved reading The Acknowledgements because yeah. it feels like you just assume that a book is something that one person works on and then you read that and it's both – nice because you're like oh they all helped (laughs) but also it's encouraging as someone who is like if you ever feel like you're alone doing something like there is a team of people who can support you yeah uh and everything is done with a team of people and that is what unhappy hour was there are so so many people over the years who have made this show happen and i'm grateful for each and every one of them
3: let's uh it's another chaser another
2: toast to all of them all right, all of the people who have worked on the show, in no particular order: Hansdale, Sue, Josh, Gwyn, Claire, Ty, Yinka, Rickford, Enguin, Arlena, Revelo, Max, Linsky, Jenna, Berman, Henry, Malowski, Ricky, Novetsky, Dina, Kleiner, Jonathan, Menivar, Mattias, Bronkaiser, Emily,
3: Becker, Jess, Hackle, Janelle, Anderson, Gabrielle, Lewis, Hadeem Jang, Maria,
2: Robin, Somerville,
3: and a special, special shout out to the current team of Unhappy Hour: Grace Chen, Liz O'Malley, Mal. Melissa Slaughter, Mariso Roscoe, and
2: Marina Henke. Thank you all so, so much. We thank love you. you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who made this show possible. Thank you to everybody who worked on it, to listen to it, to us for surviving it. To truffles and putty. Oh, yeah. Icons. Icons. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's everything. That's Unhappy Hour. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye. Because I've had well, the charm of, of my love, life, and, and I've ne- never felt this way before. before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <And> I swear, <laughs> it's, it's the, the truth, truth, and I owe it all to you. Yo, yo, <laughs> 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 Cheers.